You heard a calling from a void deep inside and you answered ready and found yourself here at Karen's Couch. Welcome to your quest of personal mastery. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to Karen's Couch, everybody. What a treat to share today's show with you. I'm actually, uh, it's, I'm quite astounded, actually. Yesterday, I did a show with um, Trish and Mel from Don't Give a 50. Check them out. Their podcast is awesome. And they don't mind dropping the odd F-bomb here and there. They're unreal. Um, what yesterday's show interview sparked for me, though, was a conversation that we never have, a conversation about the things that change our lives, turn our lives upside down and inside out, and then how that makes us bigger, better, stronger, and faster. You know, yesterday's podcast, they had all these amazing questions for me, and I'm not going to give away any of the secrets because their podcast hasn't been um, released yet. But what it made me think about was, hang on a second, how come we are not talking about those divergent moments, those moments where we totally recognize that we are 100% an alien on this planet and we 100% see that we potentially have a very different way of seeing the world. And it can sometimes be a game changer where it stops us in our tracks and makes us think, well, what's wrong with me? Or hopefully as time goes on, we get to see not what's wrong with me, but what's right with me and how do I embrace the alien that I am? And do you know what's really, really interesting? I've spoken for over let's say 900,000 people around the world. And when I've asked the questions, who here wants to make a difference and who here wants to contribute to the lives of others, I would say 99.99999% of hands always goes up. In fact, there has only ever been one person who hasn't put their hand up in that question. And I actually know this person and know that she does make a difference and she does contribute to the lives of others. But what spurs her on is more education. And so it's the same sort of thing, just couched in a different way. So let's just say most of us, <laughs> all of us, want to contribute and make a difference to the lives of others and to ourselves, of course. So that's kind of like the purpose. It's the purpose of being here. But then what lands up happening is we realize that we think that everybody is like us. You know, we grow up thinking that we're kind of all the same. And then when we get a little bit older, we realize, well, hell no, <laughs> we're actually not the same. And what does that even mean? What does that mean about me? What does that mean about you? And now all of a sudden I've spent my life or we've spent our lives looking for acceptance, looking for love, looking to fit in. And then all of a sudden we realize we don't. And we realize that we see things differently, we think differently, and we don't always fit in. So then a couple of things begin to happen, and usually we're in our 20s around this age. And a couple of things begin to happen. We either become outspoken and embrace our differences, or we bite our tongue and we don't speak our mind, therefore lose our self-expression. And we lose our self-expression 
in our relationships, in our work, in our connections with our friends, with society in general, and of course on social media, since social media has become so prolific in the last 10 years. So we relinquish, we don't lose it, we relinquish, we sacrifice our self-expression. And man, oh man, oh man, oh man, how's that working out for us? You know, there are some incredible human beings that I can think of right now and their names are like lights flashing in my mind who are astounding human beings, yet I know that their self-expression is, um, they've relinquished it or they've sacrificed it or they have dumbed it down so that then they fit in just that little bit more than what they would not fit in if they were completely self-expressed. And this is something I want to talk about today on the show because it's a bloody game changer. <laughs> it's a game changer when we all realize that everybody is feeling like an alien. Everybody feels like they don't fit in. Everybody does. So then it begs the question, what on earth is it that we're all trying to fit into that none of us actually fit into? What is that? <laughs> and I kind of, I can't help but giggle because it's kind of hilarious, but shit, man, it is scary because our children are growing up into that same model where they are going to realize at some point that they don't fit in with society's norm. And then they're going to think that I'm not good enough and I'm, there's something wrong with me. Just like 99% of the population today has grown up feeling that there's something wrong with us because we don't fit in. Therefore, we need to curb our self-expression. We need to curb what we think and feel. And we can't be open about who and what we truly are because if we were, the world wouldn't like us very much. And, you know, I, I had a conversation with a client last week and we were talking about anger and we were talking about how, you know, she really holds her anger in and she really bites her tongue when she feels this, you know, this burst of anger come her way. And, you know, she said, you know, if, I feel like if I was to really say how I feel when things upset me, I reckon I would destroy the people in front of me. And she said, no, I don't want to do that. She said, because I feel like I could never recover. But what's landing up happening for her, interestingly enough, is she's getting sick because she's in her 50s and she's been doing this since she was young. Simply because when she was young, she was told and taught that anger is not the go, that there's not a good place, you know, anger's not a good emotion to feel and we shouldn't feel anger and don't be angry and feel this instead or feel that instead. And so she developed a very displaced relationship with anger, so much so that her anger is her enemy now. When really, really, anger is anger and it is absolutely a part of self-expression. And you can't pretend it's not there because I'm telling you now, we all feel it and we have all had it. So we can't say that it doesn't exist. It bloody exists. What we do with that, just like what we do with happiness and what we do with sadness and what we do with joy, that's the key to these emotions is what we do with them. If we suppress anything 
simply because we feel like we're not going to fit in or we won't be accepted, then anger, anger turned inwards. Sorry, I just lost my breath then. Anger turned inwards is sickness. Anger turned outwards is self-expression. Now, if you feel like you, you feel too furious or too fiery and you feel like the world isn't going to cope with that, and I'm just honing in on anger right now because it's been a really big question with a lot of the people that I've coached and counseled over the years. So I'm just going to go there really quickly. If you feel like anger is a really big piece for you, but you feel like you will set the world on fire <laughs> if you express yourself, and I'm using that terminology because I have felt that myself. So what I have done for myself and I've encouraged other people that I've coached and counseled over the years is before you express the anger or you express the emotion or you express the thoughts and feelings to others, go into your bedroom, get a tennis racket and beat the crap out of the bed and yell everything that you have been wanting to say. Get it out. Do not hold anger in. Anger is a very hot and a very red emotion so much so that it can burn the insides which is what we don't want we would rather have it out so if you feel like you can't be expressed in the moment that anger is present and that I absolutely understand and encourage because oftentimes in the moment that anger is present emotions are so high intelligence can be low so what we say, we're not thinking before we say it. So go to the bedroom, beat the bed, scream into a pillow, do whatever you need to do to release that heat. And then once the heat is released and you have exhausted yourself, because you do actually have to exhaust yourself with anger, it is a wave with so much power behind it, but eventually it does actually reach the shore. So make sure that you are allowing that anger to reach the shore, burn itself out, and then go and have any conversations that you still feel are necessary. Now that we've got that out of the way, <laughs> I want to talk about, I want to talk about how those emotions and how those feelings make us feel like we don't fit in. And then we sacrifice our self-expression. That's really what today's podcast is about. So let's talk about that. Let's engage in that. And I want to get you guys right now to get onto your phone or jump onto your computer or at least put a note or a reminder for yourself to go to SpeakPipe and the link is in the show notes here. Go to SpeakPipe and I want you guys to leave me a message in terms of where you felt an alien because I'm going to start collecting some data so that I can release it onto the Karen's Cats social media pages because here's what I want everyone to know is that everybody feels like an alien at some point. And when we feel like an alien, we feel like we don't fit in. We feel like the only ones who have ever felt that way. And I'm conducting some research where I want to show everybody that actually this is a universal issue that we have all felt. And if we don't feel it all the time, we've definitely felt it at some stage. So please go to SpeakPipe. Please leave me a message. And let me know when and where you have felt like an alien in your life and how you handled that. So I'm going to share first, just so that it gives you guys permission to know that you can totally let go and give your all to this podcast and this question. So the very first time that I felt like an alien, I was probably about eight. And this is my first memory though. Prior to that, I bet you any money, I felt like an alien a thousand times as 
my little personality was developing, but it's not a memory that's coming to mind for me right now. So I remember I was about eight and we had moved from South Africa to Australia and I had a South African accent when I went to school. And I thought that everybody was actually like me. When I got to school, primary school, when I was eight years old um, here in Australia, I saw that people were very different. The kids were very, very different. Their accent was different. They were much more worldly than what I was. See, in South Africa, we were very protected because my father and mum realised that actually we weren't particularly safe. And I'm not going to go into the black versus the white thing because I actually have a very different view on that. I don't have any prejudice around that and I completely understand the behaviour that the blacks exhibited at that time. Um, that's another podcast. But we were scared. We were frightened for our lives. You know, our homes were broken into and we were under threat all the time. So when we came to Australia, we really couldn't understand how the kids here would jump on their bike and then ride around the streets until the street lights came on and then they would all go home. We would never have done that because it just wasn't safe. You go to school, you come home and you lock the doors. And I realized then that I really didn't fit in. I was much more scared than what the Australian kids were. And I was quiet and I was more reserved. And you'd never know that now. But back then, I was much more reserved. So I remember then the kids started calling me a lovo because they thought that my accent was very posh. It was an English South African accent. And they said that I was posh. So I got labeled a lovo in love with myself. Um, and the kids really didn't take well to me. There was one girl who took well to me and her name was Senta. And I remember her name being so different and so unusual. A little girl by the name of Senta. Gosh, I wonder if she's listening to this now. She befriended me and she was the only one. And I think that because her name was so different, she wasn't accepted either. So she found a kindred spirit in me. That was my first recognition that I didn't fit in. Then as I moved into a higher class, the boys didn't like me. They were violent with me, actually. And I remember one little boy punched me in the stomach and told me how much he hated my face. <laughs> Kids are cruel, hey? And I remember then my, um, my teacher came to my defense and it was all quite a joke to him, actually. But I had been punched in the stomach really hard and I didn't know what to do with that. So I told my teacher and he laughed. And then it, again, I thought, well, you don't accept me either. You don't believe me. You don't, you don't accept me. And you think what's serious to me is funny to you. So I feel like a real alien here. And that was really the foundations of it for me. As my life progressed, I found I was incredibly soft and things would hurt me. But as I went through high school and as I had my first jobs and as I had my first boyfriends, I realized that I was too soft and that people could hurt me really easily. And there was no way I was showing them who I was, because if I showed who I was, then people would walk all over me. So I put this facade up of a very hard and a very tough and a very strong person. 
As I progressed through my career, I saw the necessity for that very tough exterior became even more and more necessary because I was climbing the corporate ladder. I was quite ambitious and the corporate ladder was cruel. And I realized that if I was going to get anywhere, I had to assert myself as somebody that was tough and hard. So much so that by the time I was 30 years old, I was known as the Grim Reaper because my job was to fire people and make them redundant. And no one got past me. No one stepped over me or on me or around me without me tripping them up. I was on to everything. And I was bloody exhausted. I can tell you this now. Behind the scenes, I was exhausted carrying this facade. And I carried it from the time that I was let's say 20 years old, right up until the Bali bombing when I was 32. I carried it for 12 years. I was exhausted and I didn't know how else to be because I was such an alien in the truth. Behind the scenes, I was an alien. Truth be told, I did not fit in. I was soft. I was kind. I was gentle. I loved animals I was spiritual, not like I am now, but I was spiritual. I was daddy's little girl. I was gentle. All those things is really who I was. But then when I would go to work or I would be in a relationship or I would hit the town with the friends, I was this power house in heels and shoulder pads and I had to own it. Because if I didn't do that, I felt like the world would destroy me. Ah, There it is, finally. Oh my God, I can't even tell you. This feels like such a cleansing and I had no idea it was going to be this way. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for being a part of this. Um, I want to hear from you guys as to where you have spent time or any energy ever covering the truth of who you are simply because you felt like you were an alien and and here's the thing that I'm realizing more and more the older and more experienced I get is that you know we do live in a magnetic universe we live in a universe where who we are attracts what we have And when we are unplugged and disconnected from who we are and we become and be something other than who we truly are, we then attract experiences that are not necessarily for us. And they are for us in the context of us learning for sure. But could it be easier? (laughs) Oh man, could it have been easier if I had been true to myself and not tried to hide the truth of who I felt I really was? Could life have been easier for me? As I look back at it now, I think, well, hell yes. Would my experiences been different? Well, of course they would have been. And uh, do I regret any of it? Well, actually, no, I don't. Because I am who I am because of those experiences. I look back on those experiences and I recognize where I could have done things differently I recognize with 2020 vision being hindsight or hindsight be 2020 vision. I recognize my learning opportunities. I recognize the times of my life that changed who I was, that helped me to see 
that actually I was okay. And then I also remember, see, I remember this occasion. I walked into a meeting. I'd just been promoted to general manager of this really big recruitment organization in Sydney. And all of the staff that I was responsible for were older than me. And half of them had applied for the same job and they didn't get it. But I got it. I don't know why I got it, but I got it. And I remember walking into this meeting thinking to myself, if I don't go in there as me and be me, I'm going to be second guessing myself for the rest of my career. So I walked into that meeting and I was very honest and I was very open. And for the very first time, I allowed myself to be vulnerable. And isn't it interesting? Like that was a moment where I probably should have walked in there like a powerhouse and really put it on so that these people would know that I was the authority. But I walked in there completely vulnerable and I put it on the table, all the things that I thought that they were thinking. I was too young for the job. They should have gotten the job. What are their thoughts? How do they feel? I'm going to need their support. Yes, there are going to be challenges for me, but I am up for the task and I'm on their side. And do you know what's really interesting? Because that was really how I felt. They all softened. They all rallied around and we became the most profound team. But what really resonated for me in that moment was that no one attacked me. Everybody accepted me. And all of the acceptance that I had been craving my whole career and my whole life all culminated in that one meeting where I learned the biggest lesson that was the biggest game changer for me, that in fact, me being different and me being me was the only way life was going to work for me. If I kept pretending that I was something I wasn't, I was always going to second guess myself. So it was that first experience of actually being me and seeing that the world didn't collapse, that people didn't attack me and I didn't lose everything. In fact, I gained everything. And from that moment on, I continued to be more and more vulnerable. I continued to be more and more me. Did it always work? No, it didn't. But it did work for me. It did work in the context of it showed me where the real me needed to grow and the real me needed to expand and the real me needed to learn rather than me just getting out there and faking it. So that was the journey for me in terms of understanding that I am different. I'm not like everybody else and we all are different and we are not like everybody else. And when we embrace those differences and become fully self-expressed with those differences, you'll see you're actually more safe than what you ever anticipated. And if you are going to leave me a message on SpeakPipe in terms of when you felt like you were an alien, I want you to also let me know if you ever allowed your alien to be front and center and how the world responded to you. You know, when you did share who you truly were, how did the world respond to you? Because the world can be a cruel place and it didn't always work out for me. So it was like this oscillation between being who I thought I needed to be and who I truly was. And it was still exhausting, hey? Like it was still a life that was 
you know, well lived and it's not over yet, by the way, (laughs) but it was a life that was well lived, but it was also very exhausting as I was trying to figure myself out. And this is the real key. And this was part of the conversation that came up in the podcast yesterday. Why don't we know this stuff when we're in our 20s and we're in our teens? I understand we have to go through the motions because we have to learn through experience. You know, people can't tell us and then we know. You know, the only way to truly know something is to experience it. So I really understand that aspect. But I feel sorry because I watch a lot of the younger kids now and they're still trying to figure themselves out. But they're not their true selves. They're, they're trying to fit in. And I see it on social media and it's prolific. And I feel sad because you don't really get this understanding until you're that little bit older where you realize, well, actually, do you know what? If the world doesn't like me as I am, that's tough because It's too exhausting to be anything other than me. And then, you know, you get to that little bit older and maybe, I don't know, it's 30s, 40s or 50s or you have a trauma like I did at 32 being blown up in the bomb where you're stripped back of absolutely everything and there is no other way to be. And then you realize I've got to get to know who I am again and I've got to discover who I am. And it's almost like learning to walk again because you find yourself responding in ways you didn't expect and you find yourself a little bit unpredictable. So sometimes trauma and sometimes pain and suffering can prompt that reveal of the true self. Sometimes it's age, but sometimes it never happens. And if you're somebody listening to this podcast and you still feel suppressed And you still feel that you don't get to be who you truly are. Because if you were, you feel like there are people in your life that wouldn't accept you. If you feel like that's you, here's my little nugget of love for you. At the end of the day, it's you that is going to land up in a box. None of us get out of here alive. So it's your life that you're covering up. It's the real you that you're pretending not to be. And here is the actual truth of the matter. You will exhaust yourself being something that you're not. And you'll get to the end of your days and you'll look back and you'll say, I never had my life the way I wanted it. But here's the other piece to that puzzle is that everybody knows You can't sugarcoat your shizbang that well that we can't see through the inauthenticity. So this is the game changer. When people see inauthenticity, that's what they're responding to. That is what they're rejecting. And some people are very overt about that rejection. Some people are more covert about that rejection. But it is the inauthenticity that when we refuse to be self-expressed, fully self-expressed and truly self-expressed, it's the inauthenticity that is in its place that the world is actually rejecting. When you are authentic and you are your true self, the world actually doesn't reject you. You find your true place, you find your true meaning and you find your true purpose here. 
And then the universe can finally have its way with you because the true you is off its leash. So try in a very small way that is insignificant, that you feel expressed. If it's even if it's like, I don't like fruit and nut chocolate, I really just like the plain or I like the top deck or I'm a, I'm a Lindt fan or I prefer to make my own. If you express yourself in a small way, just pay attention to how people respond to when you finally let your alien out and be vulnerable and be real. And you'll see, like I saw, that the world doesn't collapse. In fact, it responds to you with love. And the very thing you're looking for when we are hiding who we are, the very thing we're looking for, we're pushing it away. We think that by faking it or being something other than who we truly are in every single moment, we think that we will get the love and acceptance. But you don't. Because the world sees through your inauthenticity. They see you sugarcoating your shizzle. They do. You can see when other people are inauthentic, can't you? Absolutely, you can see it and you can feel it. You can pick it up. You know it's there. And then you don't like it. None of us do. And then you kind of don't know how to respond to the person. And then it becomes awkward. Or, you know, you respond to the inauthenticity and then it lands up being argumentative. Or there's a challenge or there's difficulty or it's sticky. It's not real. So you can see when other people are inauthentic. You can see it a mile away. So can they. So the more we try to fit in and the more we suppress the truth of ourselves, the more inauthenticity there is, the more rejection there is, the less love there is because you're not giving us something to love. And then you land up in a box and you've get, you got there exhausted because you haven't lived the life you wanted. So let today be your invitation as you listen to this Karen's Couch episode. Let today be your invitation. No matter how old you are, no matter what you're, you know, what you're going through or how you're hearing this podcast, please uh, let yourself loose. Let the true you loose and deal with the circumstances, deal with the consequences because those are the lessons you're supposed to be learning while you're here. Not lessons that you're getting because you're hiding who you truly are and therefore manifesting and attracting experiences that are not really right for you. Let yourself loose and see what happens because God knows the alternative, it's too hard to maintain and you never get it right. And you know I'm right because you can feel it. You know that I'm telling you the truth because you can feel it. So let go, let loose, let your alien out to play and you will see every single one of us feels exactly the same way. So at least then, if you're expressed and you're vulnerable and you're honest you at least then give people a very safe place to anchor in a storm as they learn how to let their alien loose. Be a safe place for people. Oh dear, we live in a world where we're so frightened of each other and we don't want to talk to strangers and we don't want to be around each other, especially since the last two years. We feel much safer in our homes.
it's time for us to break out. It's time for us to be vulnerable and it's time for us to let our true selves be known so that then we can all relate to our true selves and we can get some authenticity and some congruence back into this planet. I love the energy of how that feels. And one by one, home by home, person by person, we will find wholeness. We will find completion. We will find wonderment and we will find ourselves. And when we find ourselves, we find each other. Mm, And that is delicious. So guys, I hope you have enjoyed today's podcast. We kind of went down the rabbit hole a little bit, but I really do want to hear from you because I am conducting this research in terms of who we are as humans and when we actually get the wake up call and what that feels like. So please head on over to SpeakPipe and leave me a message. And of course, I cannot end today's podcast without sharing with you the access to Mindset Mastery. It's happening in February the 10th and 11th. It's live with me here on the Sunshine Coast. Go to mindsetmastery.au, check out the website, and I can tell you now, if it calls to you, you've got to come. If it doesn't call to you, it doesn't matter. It's okay. We're all on our own journey. So have a look at the website. Check it out. I would love to see you guys there. And again, leave your messages on SpeakPipe. I can't wait to hear from you. Enjoy the rest of your week. It's been an absolute treat to share today's show with you. And I'll speak to you guys again next week right here on Karen's Couch. All my love.